This is The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. They're running a strange program, y'all. Now, here's Frank Morano. story that I, I I would not have believed was true if someone else told it to me. I would have thought this was a story that was exaggerated. I would have thought it was a story that was created by some uh, ultra right-wing uh, content creator in order to foment frenzy and craziness among people that think the transgender movement has gone too far. But this story is all too true. A Catholic couple in Indiana is asking the Supreme Court to hold the state accountable for keeping their child out of their home after they declined to use his chosen name and pronouns. Let me repeat that. Not a joke. This is not shtick. Not an exaggeration. A couple in Indiana had their child taken away because they didn't want to use his chosen name and pronouns. Where are we? What world are we living in? This, uh, the planet ought to change its name. I mean, we can no longer be called the Earth. We've got to change our name to the planet Loco or the planet Meshuggah. Or the planet Ubats, because in the case of MC and JC versus Indiana Department of Child Services, Mary and Jerome Cox are appealing to the Supreme Court after they were investigated by Indiana officials for refusing to refer to their son using pronouns and a name inconsistent with his biological sex. They had a son. And it sounds like the son decided all of a sudden that he was a girl, wanted a girl's name, and they said, no, we're going to keep referring to you as a him, and we're going to keep calling you the name that we gave you. So they're pursuing the case of, on you know, uh, you know in the federal court here, arguing that the state courts allowed Indiana to keep the child from living in his parents' home due to their disagreement with the child's gender identity because of their religious beliefs. Notably, upon completing the investigation, the state determined the allegations of abuse against Mary and Jeremy were unsubstantiated. They didn't abuse their son. But the state still argued that the disagreement over gender identity was distressing to their child. Now, I I don't care if you're transgender and are 1,000% for every aspect of the LGBTQIA agenda. There is no excuse for taking this child away from these parents. There was no abuse found, and they're saying that just because they disagreed over pronouns and a name that's enough 
to keep their child from the child from their parents? No, absolutely not. Uh, the law firm that's helping them is a law firm called Beckett, and Lori Windham is the vice president and senior counsel at Beckett. She told Fox News that no parent should ever have to endure what Mary and Jeremy have been forced to go through. You think? You think? This is nuts. Uh, 800-848-9222 if you want to comment. She said, Ms. Wyndham, keeping a child away from loving parents because of their religious beliefs, even when the state admits there was no abuse or neglect, is wrong and it's against the law. The court should take this case and make clear that other states can't take away children because of ideological disagreements. I think she's exactly right. I think this is absolutely a case the Supreme Court should take. And I think the Supreme Court should decide this swiftly. And I can, can't understand how this wouldn't be 9-0. to zero. Finding for the parents. See, the background of the case is as follows. In 2019, Mary and Jeremy's son told them that he identified as a girl, but in line with their Catholic religious beliefs that God created human beings with an immutable sex, male or female, they didn't believe in referring to him using pronouns and a name that was consistent, was inconsistent with his biology. In addition, the Coxes believed their son was struggling with underlying mental health issues, including an eating disorder, so they wanted therapeutic care for both, for both the eating disorder and the underlying mental health conditions. But rather than get help, what they got was in 2021, in Indiana officials began investigating the Coxes after a report found they were not referring to their child by his preferred gender identity. They removed the teen from their custody and placed him in a gender-affirming home. A gender-affirming home. Despite the unsubstantiated claims of abuse, they claim the Coxes made the child's eating disorder worse even though it worsened after he was removed. Just, I want to be clear on this. The eating disorder got worse after he was taken out of the home that he had with his parents and placed into this transition-affirming home. The Indiana Department of Child Services has declined multiple media requests for comment, saying DCS does not comment on ongoing litigation. Mary and Jeremy Cox are commenting, and maybe we'll try and get them on this show. They sent out a press release saying this is what every parent is afraid of. We love our son and wanted to care for him, but the state of Indiana robbed us of that opportunity by taking him from our home and banning us from speaking to him about gender. We are hopeful that the justices will take our case and protect other parents from having to endure the nightmare we did. I mean, you talk about a nightmare. What's amazing is that the state court didn't immediately say that this child has to go back to living with his parents. Because when this case was first heard in trial court, Indiana officials argued the child should be in a home where she, that's the how the Indiana officials referred to this teenager, 
where she is accepted for who she is. And the court restricted the Cox's visitation time to a few hours once a week, which barred them from speaking to him about their religious views on human sexuality and gender identity. Even though the court determined that the Coxes were fit parents, it upheld the removal of their child, which was later upheld by the appeals court. I don't understand that. What is going on in Indiana? How does that get upheld? How does that get upheld? You cannot, and you know, one of the points their lawyer made, and I agree with this, and this is why I think, this is why I'm talking about it, and it's why I think the Supreme Court should hear this case. If this can happen in Indiana, this can happen anywhere. You can't just tear a child away from loving parents because their religious beliefs conflict with what you want your name to be and what you want your pronoun to be. This is an outrage. And honestly, wherever you come down on the transgender issue, how are you okay with this child being taken away from his parents? If the Supreme Court doesn't take this case, how many times is this going to happen to other families? If the Supreme Court doesn't take this case, how many other states are going to see what happened in Indiana and do the same thing? If the Supreme Court doesn't take this case, how many other transgender teenagers are going to use this as an opportunity to be removed from where they live and reassigned to a gender-affirming home? Now, I I don't know what goes on in this household. Maybe there's more the parents could do to, uh, could have done to communicate with their child or to uh, support some of the uh, struggles that their child was having. Maybe there is. Ch- chances are there is. You know, I've, I've noticed just about every parent I've ever encountered can do a better job as a parent, right? You, you always can uh, go back through the prism of hindsight and think, I should have done this differently, I should have done that differently. You know what? Doesn't matter. So what? These parents have a legal, moral, and ethical obligation to take care of their child and they just to take them away to take them away from this child's life in a meaningful way is completely immoral unethical and i think it should be illegal how the courts found otherwise i just don't understand i'd love to hear your view 800-848-9222 800-848-9222 let me begin with nick in minnesota listening on wcco hi there nick Hey, Frank. So two things. First of all, um, uh-huh. I thought it was a wonderful idea that you had Governor Pawlenty on. Thank and you. I, you're welcome. And I, um, although I didn't actually vote for him, I I do like how he um, how he uh, treats people. Okay, um, well that's fine. I, I don't know that I would have voted for him either. You know. Yeah, but about this whole transgender thing. Why did the parents, and, and I got a couple other uh, things about Plenty, too. Why did the parents agree to allow this boy, girl, to um, become a girl then? And they, then they didn't. Oh. They didn't. The, the boy just decided he was now going to identify as a girl. And decided that the pronouns that that he wanted to use were she and her. 
There was no mm-hmm. procedure, no surgery, no medication, at least not while he was living with his biological parents. They, they didn't consent to any of that. Ah, I see. Okay. Well, interesting. So it's interesting now that, but I still think that the Supreme, that the that the um, court shouldn't have taken him away, her away, because, like you said, they, the parents didn't consent to it. Right. Right. I mean, Nick, thank you. I appreciate the call and the feedback. Look, if a child's being abused, absolutely um, take that child out of an abusive home, right? I mean, there are so many instances that we hear about of abusive parents not losing their children, right? These parents might have been strict. They might have been uber-religious. They might not have been sufficiently supportive or encouraging of decisions that their teenager wanted to make. They weren't abusive. They weren't abusive. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. 800-848-9222-800-848-9222. Paulie is in Westwood. Paulie, what would you most want to say? Hey, Frank. Good morning. Um, The same thing happened to me. My daughter was in third grade, took a Playboy book to school. You know, I don't know how she got it. It was in where my father-in-law used to live with us. She took that to school. Once Dyfus got involved with our life, it was miserable. Those people in your life, they'll make, they want to put me in jail. Those are the worst people. You know, I can see if I beat my kid, they came into my house. The refrigerator was filled with food. They each had their own bedrooms. You know, they had toys. But once those people get in your life, you know, it's, it's, it's held in. Well, did your did your did your daughter um, have an issue with uh, wanting to change her gender and that sort of thing? No, no. no. It was, was just this one the, instance the with the. Thing, it, was just, it was just you know she's seen a Playboy book at you know she's third grade she didn't even know what she was looking at, and she took it to school. Oh my God! It, that was it was the. They were in my life for years, years, and then. You know what? It's crazy because they wanted to put me away. They finally put my daughter away. She got caught up with that kids for cash in Pennsylvania. And my wife, I, my wife, you know, left me and whatever. She got mad, you know, saying my fault. I'm like, they weren't my books. I'm like, they were your father's books. And it was, it was just, it's hell. That, that's an awful situation, Paulie. I'm sorry to hear that. I, I hope, uh, how's, how's things with your daughter now? She, she's in prison. Oh, well, but I, I'm not, I'm not my, sure I understand. Three of my kids, my, my youngest daughter, she's really smart. She does real estate, lives in a private community, makes like six figures. My son's a highly decorated Marine. But once they put my daughter through this, she's been in, in courts and everything, and it just screwed her life up. Once she gets caught up in that, it's it's over. But so your daughter's not in prison for the Playboy magazine incident. It was some other stuff that um, yeah, th- that she was involved with. It's it's just like once she got into the system, they put her in like homes and stuff like that, and then she got to know these people, and it you know it just turned her life around. Like 
It's amazing how the government destroyed my family. That's basically what it was. Paulie, I'm so sorry to hear about that. I'm wishing you and uh, and your family the, the best of luck. Uh, it sounds like a nightmare. I can't imagine. Yeah, but you don't know what these people, you know, the kid might have started it. You know, maybe the, you don't know what everybody's situation is totally different, you know, because it, it's crazy. It's, I don't know, this hit hard to home. Yeah, I, I can imagine, Paulie. Thank you very much for sharing that. Oh, goodness. Gracious, that is a that's an awful situation. All right, 800-848-9222, 800-848-9222, if you want to uh, comment on this. Quick update on the moon landing, which we brought to your attention Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday of last week. So the, the latest on this was that the, the, the Odysseus, the first Amer- American made aircraft or first American made anything to hang around the surface of the moon in 50 years and to land on the surface of the moon. It ended up sideways. It ended up on its side, which is not how it's supposed to be, but they said that it was still transmitting data. So now this lunar lander is apparently going to have to cut its mission short because the solar panels are not seeing the sun required to power the unit, so it will therefore operate until the battery runs out. This is all a consequence of landing on its side. So this sideways moon landing is cutting short this mission, and the uh, private U.S. lunar lander will stop working at some point today. We'll have an update on this maybe later in the week if, if there's anything new, but we'll certainly delve into this in depth with Dr. Sky a week from tomorrow because he's our go-to expert on this. Uh, although we may do may a special segment with another lunar expert on this. All right, 800-848-9222, 800-848-9222. This is The Other Side of Midnight. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the other side of midnight with Frank Morano.
after the hour, this is a very special uh, birthday bumper music selection from our own um, engineer extraordinaire and, and a good friend of mine and, and everybody that works here, our own Tony Atwood, who is celebrating his birthday today. Happy birthday, Tony. Thank you very much, my friend. So, you're a Temptations fan. Yes, I am. Good for you. Good for you. Any big birthday plans today? I'm going out to dinner. A young lady's taking me out to dinner tonight, so I'm going to enjoy my birthday like that. Oh, very nice. What kind of restaurant? Don't know. She's she's taking... Oh, surprise. It's a surprise. Oh, well, that'll be fun. So, is that... that, You're off tomorrow, right? Yes, I am. So, you're good. You get to chill out and not have to worry about rushing here for, you know, 9 or 10 p.m. to start. Yeah, so you won't see me on tomorrow night. All right. Well, I hope all of your birthday wishes come true. Um... Matt, should we have got him a card or something? Did you get a card? Did I get him a card? Yeah. Did you get him a card? No, I'm saying, should we have done something? I, I don't but you know, no, thank you. But I, I'm just glad for the acknowledgement. You know, I'm, I'm I'm a grown man. I'm not a kid. You know, as long as some people that say happy birthday, I'm fine. There you go. Well, thank happy you. birthday. I hope it's a fun one. Hopefully you have a nice time today. This is not a milestone birthday, not one that ends at a zero, is it? No, I'm 54. Fifty-four. Okay. All right. Well, that's a good. Uh, that's right in the prime of your of your existence. You still got a couple of good years left, no doubt about it. All right. Um, if you want to wish Tony a happy birthday, you could certainly do so. Hey, Matt, I saw there was uh, pizza from Grimaldi's in the uh, in the kitchen. Yes. Is that in honor of Tony's birthday? No. No. I was just there from earlier today. Oh, that's. But what was that there for? What was that sent for? I have for? no idea. I mean, I I I know they got pizza over the weekend because there was a bunch of Grimaldi's over the weekend, then today it seemed like there was new pizza, but that had nothing right, to do with any I of us. Right, that's why I thought it was for uh, in honor of Tony's birthday. No, but so it's I, not. I have no idea who got it or why they got it. All right, well, it's uh, it's great to have, we'll say it's in honor of Tony's Do birthday. you want to get pizza for Tony? Yeah, I mean, I mean if we, it, can we find a place that's still delivering? You know what we'll do? We'll, we'll get pizza tomorrow in honor of his birthday. We'll since- eat. Tony's but pizza. I won't be here. What's the purpose? Oh, you had a takeoff on your birthday. You're having a big birthday dinner. Okay. <laughs> you know, it's like there's an episode of Cheers where um the character Paul, uh, I think it's his birthday. It might have been just an effort. He might have just felt excluded by Cliff Clavin and Norm. And so they get him a a pizza and a cake. And Norm and Cliff end up eating the pizza and the cake before Paul gets to the bar, and so uh, that'll be that'll be us with Tony tomorrow. We'll get we'll go all out. We'll get all all sorts of stuff: pizza, cake, dancing girls, you name it. Uh, you're not a drinker, right, Tony? Yes, I am. Oh, you are. What's I, your drink um, of choice? Ciroc vodka. Oh, Ciroc. Is that uh, P Diddy's vodka? Yes, it is. It is. What makes that one so great? Um, I like it. Um, I've been drinking it for years before I knew P. Diddy owned it because I, I like um, drinking the regular Ciroc with, um, with lemonade. Oh, with lemonade? Yeah. That's interesting. Matt, you're not a drinker, right? No, not really. I mean, I, I don't, I'm not like a teetotaler or anything, but I'm not a regular drinker. I couldn't even tell you the last time I even had a drink. It might have been at your barbecue. Oh, that was almost two years ago. Yeah, that, that, that okay. might have been the last time I had any kind of drink. <clears throat> well, I can tell you the last time I had a drink, it was 12 days ago. Uh, and, and you know, uh, 38 day, or 30 days to go about. All right, um, we will wish Tony a happy birthday on behalf of all of you. And there's a lot of you who have written in with comments about the show, which we definitely appreciate. And sometimes we don't get to answer your questions on uh, Ask Frank Anything. So. 
That's what we do on Tuesdays when we go through. Letters. Oh, we get letters. We get your letters every day. Mailman, mailman, mail today. Reach right in and pull one out. Those letters. I love those letters. Via SMS text message, uh, someone writes about the New York Times story on these Instagram moms. The beast lives in the computer feeding off the negative energy. You can certainly send me an SMS text message at 8168Morano. Another person with a Connecticut area code writes, There's no such thing. The only thing that is definite is an Aphrodite. I think he or she may mean hermaphrodite, which is rare. That's what this person writes. Um, Then, let's see. uh, A lot of political cartoons. Okay. Uh, To the email we go. You can always email me at frank.morano at redappleaudionetworks.com. Broderick writes, Dear Frank, you used to read emails on Ask Frank Anything, however, not in recent weeks. It would be greatly appreciated if you read emails regularly, including in the Ask Frank Anything segment. Best regards, Broderick. No, Broderick. You know, we we got, we're got getting too many phone calls during Ask Frank Anything and too many emails. So rather than try to squeeze the emails into Ask Frank Anything, we figured why not just do two separate days? One for phone calls, one for emails. So here we are, answering your emails. All right, Igor writes, you should have put your name on the Glenlivet. Frank, any bottle of the 12-year-old Glenlivet without a name on it is subject to being consumed by someone who finds it. Said in humor, Igor. You know, I, I planned on taking it with me, and shame on me for not. So whatever happens to this Glenlivet, I can't be upset. Marianne from Indiana. Hopefully, Marianne played no role in taking these uh, chil- the, this child away from his parents. Dear Frank, do you think that Nikki, meaning Nikki Haley, I assume, just likes to ride on a big bus with her name on it? You know, Marianne, that's as good of a thought as any. I, for the life of me, can't figure out why she's still in this race. Maybe it is ego, right? Maybe she's setting herself up for a third-party run with no labels. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It makes no sense by any political science or logic that I understand. Steve writes, Hey, Frank, I'm not much into Disney, but our family went a few years ago. My two grandsons were both under five. My suggestion would be anything to do with Magic Kingdom. We did other parks, but some of the things scare them at that age. Yeah, Steve, thank you. Um, We're going to Disney for my dad's birthday uh, next month. He's got one of these milestone birthdays, so he's taking the whole family to Disney World. And I, I, I think we're doing two days at parks. I don't believe Magic Kingdom is one of the parks that we're doing. I have to double check. I think Epcot is one because we want to do a lot of the different countries. And I don't remember what the other one is. I don't know if it's Animal Kingdom or Hollywood Studios. I don't remember. Um, But uh, I was wondering because we're bringing Carmine, who's only two. And it's long before the age that I would have chosen to bring him to Disney. I had my first Disney trip at five, which I think is a good age for a child to go to Disney. But um, that's where my dad wants to spend his milestone birthday, and so that's what we're doing. All right, Rita in Pennsylvania writes on the subject of birds and windows. Hi, Frank. I live in a wooded area. 
a number of years ago, I built a four-season sunroom, which is all glass. Every year, I would have a number of birds fly into the glass and be killed. I went on Amazon and purchased decals, specifically made to prevent bird strikes, and placed them on all the windows. That really did the trick. Since placing the decals, I only had one bird death. It was a simple and very inexpensive solution. I hope this will be useful information for some of your listeners. I hope so, too. If you have a glass room that birds are flying into, consider these decals. Because I think this is a serious problem. Jonathan writes on the subject of mental health days for students. Dear Mr. Morano, last week I caught your commentary about mental health days for students. I'm assuming that these days are coordinated in conjunction with consults with the school guidance counselor or psychologist and the parents to assure that the student could, in fact, benefit from taking a mental health day and not that the student is indiscriminately taking days off without documented justification from a school official or a parental con- or parental consent. Well, Jonathan, it would be done with parental consent, but no, I think the idea is just that, that you could just take a day off um, when you're feeling you need one. I think that's kind of the whole purpose of it. Again, I have some concerns that this could be used by children to avoid a test or prolong handing in a homework assignment. I don't know how to get around that thing, but I do think the idea of a mental health day is a good, uh, the idea of a mental health day is a good one for students and adults, quite frankly. Mike writes, hello, Frank. The sudden death of Flacco the owl seems quite suspicious. He is perhaps the most famous owl in recent times. Who, who, who might be more famous? Perhaps the wise old owl on the wise potato chip bag? Owls are quite unique birds, skilled hunters and flyers. They fly silently through pitch black forest to catch their query. Their wings generate a sound that cannot be detected. Their vision is also unique among birds. They can't move their eyes but follow movements by rotating their heads. They can rotate 270 degrees, a 135 degrees in either direction. Some species can detect movements under the snow 12 inches deep. Perhaps Flacco had been dining on poisoned rodents, causing a system malfunction. A necropsy might uncover the cause of his erratic flight and sudden death. Foul play might be the culprit. Thank you for always great radio, Mike Out. Bob in in Glen Burnie, Maryland writes, Wow! For the first time, I experienced David, meaning David from the Bronx, Trump derangement syndrome. Trump's cognitive ability is not in question. His father led a very different lifestyle. Biden has obvious cognitive decline displayed almost every day, plus at least two strokes. No, he did not have strokes. He had brain brain aneurysms, which is a very different thing. Shame on David for losing control and perspective. I still like to hear his calls, though. Good. Well, I appreciate that, Bob. Um, Bob also writes on the subject of sleep apnea. My doctor asked me if I still had sleep apnea. I told him I wasn't certain. I stayed up the whole night, the whole next night to check, and I did not snore once. (laughs) That's pretty funny. David writes, Hi, Frank. Just a quick note about birds dying by colliding into buildings. Strange things happen. When would I ever recall something that happened decades ago in my home when I was a young kid if it weren't brought up in your program? Probably never, but I do clearly remember it did happen. I was just a young kid in Utah. A strange and sad and odd thing that I witnessed 
about 1971, but it did happen. I was so surprised when a bird flew so very fast into our house through open sliding doors and then in less than a half a second, flying so fast through the dining room and living room, crashed into the inside of the big front glass window. Very large glass window in the living room. <laughs> Seeing outwards at the mountains that were about a mile away, it must have looked like the outside and sky to the bird. The bird was immediately deceased. He hit hard. Yep, strange things happen. David, unfortunately, I, I know that must have been tough for you growing up. It's not strange. This is happening all the time. All the time. This is a huge problem. Uh, also on the subject of birds flying into buildings, Linda writes, Hi, Frank. It's very sad that so many birds either die or get seriously injured by flying into windows. Yes, you can buy decals for windows that are quite successful in keeping birds from flying into the windows. We had two birds, different windows, fly into our windows. One unfortunately died and the other was stunned and disoriented for a, f a short time and then flew away. Hopefully he was okay. We bought clear decals of leaves specifically made for this purpose. We put them all over our living room and dining room windows. We can still plainly see outdoors and not one bird has flown into the windows since then. I told others, others about this, and it has worked for them, too. I personally highly recommend these de de uh, decals. So that seems to be the move. If you're having a problem with bird strikes, consider, um, you know, consider these decals. Hey, this is a nice email that was forwarded to me uh, that Jerry in New Jersey sent to... Our bosses, actually, and this is nice. I wish uh, I could get a uh, hundred emails like this sent to our bosses every day. Dear sir, I can't tell you how much I enjoy listening to the other side of midnight. Frank Morano is incredibly intelligent, talented, insightful, and entertaining. I don't think I have ever heard a better interviewer. It's obvious that he always does his homework and is prepared to give his listeners his best. If I were a teacher, I would pray for a class full of Frank Moranos just once in my career. My only issue is that I can't stay awake for more than an hour of his show, but many nights I wake up a few times before the show is over. I first discovered his uh, Sunday morning show on Radio 970 by accident several years ago. When he left, I waited impatiently for him to land on WABC Radio. Now that I know him better, I'm aware of the fact that he studied under the old-time radio hosts and chose to entertain his listeners instead of ranting and raving against Democratic politicians that is heard 24-7 all over AM radio. I hope the day comes when your station will rebroadcast his shows on Friday and Saturday nights instead of what is being offered now. You know, that's an interesting idea. I wonder uh, if some of the other stations that are carrying our show would, uh, would want to carry a replay on the weekend. I bet you some of them would. Mitch writes, hey, Frank, happen to catch you coming out of I'm Not Tired Yet and leading into your thoughts, which I loved, on AM radio and then into the health of Wendy Williams, Bruce Willis, and into that insightful quote from Jay Diamond. Great stuff. By the way, the Diamond quote somehow brought to mind Dennis Prager and his insights on health and happiness. Happiness got me to wondering, ever reach out to him as a guest. I hope you and the gang are doing well. God bless Mitch. Mitch, I actually know Dennis a little bit. We used to work for the same company. He doesn't do many late-night radio interviews, uh, and he's pretty busy when he's not doing his own show with Prager University. Usually, he only likes to do interviews like this, uh, meaning on other shows, when he has a book or something to promote. But I'll reach out to him again. I know him a little bit. We have a pretty good relationship. 
Uh, Brandon, who's a regular caller to this show, Brandon in New Jersey, he's been experiencing some uh, health issues and, you know, he's had a little bit of a recovery. He's going to be fine. But he writes, since being laid up, I've been watching, catching up on some classic 80s movies I've never seen. I want to know, have we lost the art form of the classic montage? There is nothing more uplifting and inspirational. And unless I'm wrong, we haven't had a decent montage since maybe the early 90s. Should we demand they bring back the movie montage? It got me thinking, you know, 80s movie, movie, movie montages were ubiquitous. Uh, they were in everything. I mean, certainly the Rocky movies did it just great. And this has been satirized on Family Guy and others as well. You don't see them anymore. I'm not sure why anymore. But, I mean, you think about all those great 80s movies, uh, the Rocky movies, Karate Kid, Flashdance, Top Gun, Ferris Bueller, The Breakfast Club, Dirty Dancing, Back to the Future, right? I mean, you don't think of Back to the Future as a typical 80s movie, but in a lot of ways, it is. But when he's playing guitar, Marty's playing guitar at the Enchantment Under the Sea dance with Johnny B. Good. that's very much an 80s movie montage. The Goonies, Footloose, so many. These days, I think Brandon's right. When's the last time you saw a movie that came out recently with a, a cool montage set to music? I can't remember. And I think he's right about this. I don't know why they did away with them, but I loved it. I loved it. I think he's right on this. If Sign me up for Brandon's cause. All right. Jim in New Hampshire writes, Frank, this is about my comments that people should not be protesting at the homes of public officials, including the Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken. Frank, I don't care for Secretary Blinken. However, I believe the proper way to fight him is through public discourse. Write a letter to the editor. Call a radio talk show. Even make fun of him. But no matter what you do, terrorizing, and yes, I use that word, he and his family at his home is not acceptable. There are better ways to get your message heard in a civilized society. Blinken protesters, I do denounce you. Uh, this is a message from Miss M, who writes, What is the most romantic thing you've ever done? Uh, that wasn't the X-rated one. Describe in detail uh, so I can get the interview. I'm trying to think, what was the most romantic thing I've ever done? Might be a question better suited for my wife. You know, I don't want to give up all my tricks, right? Because if I do, if I can think of something that was very romantic, I'd want to do some variation on that. The next time my wife needs some classic romantic, what was the most romantic thing I've ever done? I got to give that one some thought. I'm going to give that one some thought. Margaret writes, um, note to Frank Morano. She sent this through the Facebook page. Always a good show, Frank. So interesting and entertaining. Keep up the good work. You know, there's way too many positive emails here. Usually we get some that are much more negative. I got to find some. Happy President's Day. It's from Frankie and Glendale. I agree with you, Frank. I want a happy president. It's the biggest job in the world. I don't want a president with a nervous finger on the nuclear launch button. Frankie and in Glendale. Al writes, this is our buddy Al of Florida, formerly of Queens, who was our listener of the week this week, but unfortunately we don't have any of his songs. He writes, 
Frank, I forget if I already told you, but I just want to thank you for turning me on to Jeffrey Lickman's podcast. And if you communicate with him, please tell him thank you from a Florida resident originally from from New York. I find his podcast shows informative, entertaining, and highly enlightening and educational. So, also, I wanted to ask you if you've been to my previous state of Maryland to visit WCBM and go into Baltimore yet. I have not. I have not been to Baltimore since we have uh, been air- airing on WCBM. I'm hoping to get there soon. I am hoping to plan a trip there, but it just hasn't worked out yet. Uh, but I'd like to go. I think it would be a, a lot of fun to go. And I, I was only in Baltimore once. That was when I was about 10. We went to Babe Ruth's house, which was um, a, a really cool thing. And then uh, we visited Camden Yards. But I'd like to I'd like to go back. I'd like to go back. I think that would be a lot of fun. Um, let's see. Do we want to do one more here? Yeah, let me squeeze in at least one more. No snail mail. I don't know what's going on with the mail here. Oh, by the way, the other thing... Because I used to get mail from this guy, Henry, in Manhattan all the time. And he used to call all the time. He stopped calling and he stopped writing me. So I'm hoping Henry in Manhattan is okay. And I also have not heard in a while from Tom from the Bronx. So, and I know people think that I'm I'm joking when I say this. I really think if you're a regular caller to this show or a regular emailer to this show or a regular Facebooker to the show... I'm not joking here. When you are making your end-of-life arrangements, I think it's important to let us know when you've passed on. I'm not saying Tom from the Bronx has or Henry from Manhattan has, but if they have, how do we know? There's no one to let us know. And for a lot of radio listeners, they view the regular callers, and I think it's true in the Facebook community, a lot of the regular Facebookers as an extended part of, if not their family, an extended part of their social group. They come to know these people. I mean, Tom from the Bronx has been a staple on New York talk radio, certainly, but even nationally for 35 years. And all of a sudden, he's just stopped calling. I'm concerned. And I, I don't have a way of getting in touch with him. I'm working on getting in touch with him, but it's not just him. Like if all of a sudden, you know, Neil from Staten Island stopped calling in, we'd want to know why. So I, I'm not joking here. If you are a regular contributor to this show, please specify in your will or in your end-of-life arrangements to inform me that, you know, something has happened, that you're not able to keep calling in. Um... Squeeze in one more here. Uh, Isaac writes, how does he do it? Frank, it takes a special talent to segue from murder and suicide to putting cell phones in rice without missing a beat. Fascinating. That's very that's very kind, Isaac. I'm not sure if talent is the word, but uh, that is that is kind. Um, all right. I think we'll we'll end it there. Um, that's probably, that's probably a good spot to end it. Uh, Let's try for some more criticism, guys. I know a lot of you can't stand anything that I'm doing. Please write to me so I can read your comments on air. Or if you have questions, send me your questions and I will try to read them on air. Frank.Morano at RedAppleAudioNetworks.com. Until next time. Other Side of Midnight.
other side at midnight with Frank Morano. montage song. If you ever want to know what kind of music we're playing, just join the Facebook group, M-O-R-A-N-O Radio Fans and Haters. That's M-O-R-A-N-O Radio Fans and Haters. So, I stopped to get gasoline before I drove to work last night. And I um, go in to pay the cashier $20. I say, uh, hand him a $20 bill. I said, $20, pump four, please. And he's holding a lottery ticket. I looks, I don't know, he's holding something. I couldn't tell it was a lottery ticket at the time. But he says, you play lotto. And, you know, he, he didn't speak English the best. And I thought he was asking if I wanted to buy a lottery ticket. And then... I said, no, no, thank you. I thought he was offering to sell me, you know, a, a lottery ticket. And I said, I said, no, thank you. Just, you know, just the gas. Takes my $20. He said, okay, pump four. And then I get a little closer, and I see he's holding a lottery ticket. I said, oh, what's, the, what's the story? Are you looking to sell a lottery ticket? And he said, yeah, I, um, I you know, I printed it by accident, and now I'm looking to sell it. I, he said, it's $5. I said, I'm thinking to myself, and this is all within a matter of 45 seconds, thinking to myself, what a great story that would be if I won without ever having to purchase a lottery ticket. And I thought, how often do you hear stories of people who win the lottery like that? Okay. So I said, yeah, give me the lottery ticket. So I said, I'm not even going to look at it. Not even going to look at the ticket until I am on air today. And then I will find out if I won the lottery for the first time when I'm on air. Now, I don't know what kind of lottery this is. I just saw that it's for Monday, February 26th, which was last night. And I see now it's a take five. And there's one, two, three, four, five sets of one, two, three, four, five numbers. So I'm going to go to take five, and let's see. The numbers, let's see. The winning numbers for Monday in the evening are 18, 24, 31, 38, and 39. It uh, does not appear that I won the lottery. How great of a story would that have been, though? That, I, you know, I would have learned about it for the first time on radio and been able to tell people about it. So, yeah, did not win. Looks like I'm one. It looks like I have uh, 18 on one. Looks like I have 
Let's see. 38 on another. And it looks like that's it. So there you go. I, I don't think one number gets you anything for take five. So there you have it. $5 down the drain. Hopefully, What's the jackpot? Uh, let's see. The jackpot. I don't know. Um, odds and prizes. Let me click on that. For take five uh, would have been the odds of winning are one in 575,757. The prize is, it's only, I mean, we're so spoiled by these mega million prizes. The uh, prize for the jackpot is $57,575.70. And yeah, you need at least, um, you need at least two matching numbers to win something. If you get two matching numbers, you get a quick pick free play. So there's that. Um, didn't win anything. It's like I only got one number. So there you go. $5. I was duped by the gas gas machine, gas station attendant. What a story it would have been, though. What a story. All right. Uh, easy come, easy go. $5 down the drain. Could have used, could have got $5 more of gasoline. All right. 800-848-9222. That's 800-848-9222. You know, we were talking yesterday all about Ric Flair and Vern Gagne. You know who passed away yesterday? Ole Anderson, another Minnesotan, passed away at the age of 81 years old, one of the original members of the Four Horsemen, an incredible performer, also managed by J.J. Dillon, whose book I'm still looking for. So uh, sorry to hear of Ole Anderson's passing. I was a fan. Keep asking questions.